Hey there, guys, and welcome back to another edition of the Alligator Sports Podcast. There's lots of news coming out over the past seven days, and I'm here to make sure that all of our listeners are all caught up with all the news, especially with all this transfer portal chaos going on right now in men's hoops. But with that being said, let's get right into it. Let's get into the weekly review of everything for Florida Gator Athletics. All right, let's get right into it, and let's start with the biggest news coming out of men's basketball, and that is that another player from the Florida Gators roster has entered the transfer portal of the NCAA. Uh, Omar Payne has announced his entry on Tuesday, and he joins the list of names, which includes Noah Locke, Quest Glover, and Osai Osifo, who are all seeking their own journey elsewhere and their college basketball careers before they try and enter the draft. As for Trey Mann, he actually declared his entry for the draft, which means that he will be leaving Florida early. He was a junior. Uh, He will not be coming back for his senior year. And uh, that leaves head coach Mike White with a uh, roster that's only thinning. And with that, we'll move on to number five baseball. They are 16 and eight. Uh, They actually just got swept by the South Carolina Gamecocks. The first game went into extra innings, and they lost 8-9. to nine. Um, Ryan Haley will be on the show later to discuss that game, as well as the 1-4 to four loss and 5-8 to eight loss as well. And uh, we look forward to that conversation. And uh, the Mercer game uh, for baseball as well, the game against Mercer, I should say, was canceled on Tuesday last night due to rainy skies, and we will see if that gets rescheduled. And for number five, softball, they are do- still doing pretty well. They're 24-3. and three. They're on a three-game win streak after a loss to number 22 UCF last week, Wednesday, after a walk-off home run, and that game ended 6-8. to eight. But then they redeemed themselves quickly over the last weekend. They beat number 13 LSU. The first game went 5-0, and the second game went 7-4 with a win, and then they finished out the series with a 9-3 victory. On the volleyball, they are 19-3 after they beat Texas A&M in both meetings over the past weekend. The first meeting was a sweep, three sets to none, and then the second finished in three games to one. As for lacrosse, they improved to 5-2. and two. They uh, hosted and handled the Cincinnati Bearcats 20-3 in the first game. And then in the second game, uh, wasn't much else defense from the Bearcats as that game finished 19-5 with another Florida Gators win. As for soccer, their season has is uh, coming to a close and they are finishing at 5-8-3. They won 2-0 over the University of North Florida last week on Wednesday. And then they drew with Georgia 1-1 after a double overtime. They still couldn't find that goal. They still just couldn't finish the matchup. But uh, with that being said, the Gators are moving on to 5-8-3. Men's tennis is still on a roll. They are 15-1 after a 12-game win streak. And then uh, I've currently just become the number one team in the nation, according to ITA and NTSA. 
uh, the IT, uh, the attendance rankings. Uh, they swept their fourth opponent in a row, and that was the Arkansas Razorbacks, seven to nothing, on Friday night, and uh, that improves the twelve-game win streak. And as for women's tennis, they improved their record to nine and six after a four-game win streak of their own. They beat number twenty-one Ole Miss four to one, and then they beat the Mississippi State Bulldogs by the same score, four to one. And they were ranked number 36. And the women's team must also find themselves in the top 25 in the nation for tennis. And that'll be it for the weekly review of everything Florida Gator sports. All right. So before our first guest hops on the show, I just want to talk a little bit about the transfer portal chaos that's going on right now for the Florida Gators and men's hoops. Um, It seems like the team doesn't really want to be a part of the culture that is have a good regular season go into the national tournament get knocked out in the maybe switch 16 maybe the elite eight but more than likely not the second round which is what happened this season i mean they got upset by a team called oral roberts university a school that we really no one really knows where it is but it does not to say you know of course Oral Roberts actually made it pretty far in the tournament. They almost upset Arkansas, and they actually turned out to be a pretty decent basketball squad in the national tournament. So I'm not trying to look down on Oral Roberts at all. I mean, they upset Ohio State in the first round, and that says a lot. And I didn't really have a lot of confidence in Florida beating Ohio State in the second round either. But with that being said, like I said in the update, uh, Omar Payne joins Noah Locke, Quest Glover, and Osai Osifo in the NCAA transfer portal as of yesterday, Tuesday. Um, and there's probably more to come because I'm sure the Gators are not a fan of this culture that Coach Mike White has assembled. And it's obvious that Florida is not going to move off Mike White maybe anytime soon. But we'll just have to see about that. And with that being said, let's get into our next segment with Ryan Haley who uh, has all the updates on Florida baseball, as well as a uh, very interesting story on a Florida offensive guard who is also trying to be a anesthesiologist, which is a very interesting field. So let's uh, hear that segment right now. So I'm being joined now by Ryan Haley of the Alligator. Ryan, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Just getting back from a nice uh, little ski trip here uh, in Montana. But how was that, dude? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, lots of snow out there. It was it was just dumping snow the the whole weekend. Um, I didn't get hurt. That's that's the important part. No, I guess that's a big plus. Yeah, didn't didn't break any bones. Uh, which is luckily not a first, so that's that's okay. always good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're we're back. We're home and safe. Um, but uh, but the before, before we go further, how's Ellie? I need to know. Oh, what's up? How's Ellie? I need to know. Oh, the cat. Oh, Ellie the cat is doing amazing. Uh, I was I was a little bit scared because I I couldn't find anyone to to watch her, but I put her in a nice pet resort uh so uh she was taking yeah she was taken care of nicely um so shout out to town and country veterinarians uh over in Gainesville Florida um 
So, <laughs> but, 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 but thank you so much for asking about Ellie. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, so let's get right into it, my man. It was a interesting weekend for Florida Gators baseball, which uh, you are the uh, beat writer for in, in the Independent Alligator. Uh, this is your second time joining the show, by the way. Thank you for joining again. Um, and, of course, of course. And so Gators are 16 eights, and it seems like um, the Gators are only able to overcome now you you can you can correct me if I'm wrong on here the uh, weaker teams on the schedule uh, it's and and not maybe stronger teams like Florida State a uh, number 21 FAU or even this past weekend against South Carolina which was the sweep that I'm referring to uh, do you think that that's a stigma that's that's kind of correct there um I don't know if it's fully all the way correct they haven't won a series against a ranked team yet. I'm assuming Miami's still ranked. I'm going to look real fast. Yeah, Miami's 20 right now in Baseball America. I don't know where they are everywhere else, but that's just the ranking I have up on my screen. But um, Okay. So, I mean, they lost the series against Miami. They got swept by South Carolina. They lost to FAU. But, like, so that's – and they lost to Florida State pretty solidly. So that's eight games kind of for a sample size against ranked teams. I would say if they're they're one and seven in those games, two of them they should have won straight up. They should have won that first Miami game, right. like not even just because Miami is good, just because they shot themselves in the foot. And then they, I think they should have beat Florida Atlantic. They were playing better than the Owls were for most of that night. I thought. So maybe I'm remembering that game wrong, but <laughs> I mean, so yeah, they're sixteen and eight and like one and seven against teams that are currently ranked. That's not really necessarily a great split. Mm. I don't think it's the fact that they don't have the talent. I think it's that they've just, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, weird thing to point out. I mean, they just kind of make some simple mistakes that I think it was, I think Sully said that again in their, um, ah, I forget what game it was. I think it was their first, their, um, one of, I think it was their win against Stetson when they like got down like five zero early or whatever it was and then came all the way back. I think Sully pointed out like where they make mistakes that like they can beat Georgia State in Florida AM and Sanford if they make those mistakes, but like those mistakes can be the difference against a team like Miami or Florida State. And they just like haven't really gotten those out yet. So I don't know if it's like a talent or just like they make like making like one or two many brain blunders a game. So when I look at the schedule, it doesn't seem so much as a, a coincidence, but it, I, I think as a fan, it is something to, to be worried about a little bit, right? Cause it's, it's like these, we got this, uh, these elite teams that are supposed to come up on the schedule. And even this weekend, uh, I believe versus Ole Miss. And then even tonight it would, they're supposed to be, uh, which is, it is Tuesday night uh, tomorrow. It'll be, it'll be Wednesday when this episode airs. Um, but so the game tonight versus Mercer, that probably would have been a pretty good win going into the uh, weekend. Um, Especially for this. Yeah, yes, exactly. So do, do you think the Gators would have beat Mercer tonight? I would have been really concerned if they hadn't. I think <laughs> right. I, I'm not, I'm not hitting the panic button on Florida yet. If they lose, if they get swept by South Carolina and then lose to Mercer with Ole Miss coming up this weekend, I might hit the panic button. So they they should have won. 
They've right. lost games they should have won this year, but they should have beat Mercer. For sure. For sure. Would you say Mercer would be a quote-unquote weaker team? I mean – not not to not to look down okay. on yeah on, you know I mean I think I think I think it's all kind of relative when you have a team in the SEC and the SEC is a really strong conference this year so like as a whole Mercer's not a weak team compared to the rest of Florida's schedule they're probably a team that Florida has circled more than say like an Ole Miss or a Vanderbilt do they play Vandy oh they do play Vandy that'll be fun yeah I was about to say I believe they do later on later on the season. Um, which Vanderbilt is, is usually a pretty elite team in, in the SEC baseball conference. Yeah, um, but, but let's, but let's stick on, on all Miss a little bit here. Um, I'm guessing that you're going to be in the ballpark this weekend with, I actually won't be Uh Griffin full. One of our other, uh, writers will be cover- He's, uh, start helping out with the baseball beat and he will be in the, uh, he'll be in the ballpark for the old Miss games this weekend. All right, sweet. Well, good for Griffin, but uh, but I will still ask you ask you this anyway. Uh, how do you think the Ole Miss series will go? Oh boy, um, <laughs> not not a whole lot of confidence here. I mean, it's it's just kind of. I mean, so Florida's coming off a sweep against a team that is now ranked eleventh by Baseball America, and they're facing a team that's ranked third. So they're coming in against a team that is having a better season. Ole Miss hasn't lost an SEC game yet. They're 20 and four. Wow. And they've, I mean, the SEC teams they've beaten, they like swept Alabama, who's ranked. They swept Auburn, who's not bad. I mean, Florida's going to have their work cut out for them. And I actually think that just not, I mean, I don't want to put the bar too low because I think Florida has the capability to do to hang with an Ole Miss, and they have the talent to hang with an Ole Miss. I think not getting swept would be a victory this weekend. I think you don't want to lose six straight games, and with a team that's notably better than you, like Ole Miss, as I think if you pick off at least a game, make sure you're not. Uh, who would they face up? I mean, okay, they'll have they'll have Stetson and A and M for weekdays next week. So if they do lose six in a row, those are two games. They've beaten both those teams already this year. that They can kind of put, get themselves on their feet a little bit. Right. But the difference between 0 and 3 and 1 and 2 in a series is massive. Oh, for sure. I mean, if, if you told me that you, like, fast forward to Saturday and they win that series, I wouldn't be shocked. But I think not losing, like, not getting swept would be a victory. There you go. So – so, do you, so let's say they, they do go one and two in the series. Do you think that that would add on to the stigma that I mentioned before? I mean, absolutely. And I don't well, like fair or not, because like, again, like I said before, like they've, they have seven losses against or seven of their eight losses are against teams that are like currently ranked or like, like should be around ranked. I, I don't have the exact rankings in front of me. Three of them went to extra innings. So it depends on how closely they play Ole Miss. If Ole Miss blows them out of the water, I can't really sit here and play defense for them anymore. That's like if they get swept and it's ugly, that's 10 losses to ranked teams before the like we really get in the full swing of April. That, that would be really bad. But if they look good, if they win a game or two, 
they make it close. I would say the sample size is still tiny, but losing that series, it's going to like the evidence is just going to keep stacking like that. That record's not going to get any better if they just sit there and they're like, oh, well, Ole Miss is third in the country. So like one and two is fine because you have a lot of teams that good in the SEC. Right. For sure. Um, and is there is there a certain player that has been not so much in the spotlight, but has been just killing it in in your eyes? Good or bad? Good. Good. Uh, good. Killing uh, it. Killing it in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. Oh, there, yeah. are, there are multiple answers to that question. Um. Okay. I mean, I want. I want to give. I want to give a shot. I mean, uh, I don't know how. I don't know how well referring to him as this is going to go over. I'm like, oh, good. Go I, for I'm, it. Go I'm for speaking. It. I'm speaking to this like he's going to be listening. But like, I want to give a shout <laughs> out to the. Old, I want. I want to give a shout out to the old guy, Kirby McMullen. Kirby's okay. got. Kirby's got six home runs in three weeks. And I mean, that's, that's very like, that's very impressive. I, I would I would definitely I, mean, I would definitely shout out Kirby with that too. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's leading the team in slugging with a six thirty eight. Um, well, actually, yeah, he's leading the team among qualifying starters. Chris Armstrong's technically higher, but he hasn't played enough games. Um, he's got how many extra base? Hits? He's got ten extra base hits. He missed some time with an injury. He got slid into funny against North Florida in one of the opening series of the year. Uh, took his time, came back, solely mentioned for a few straight like series that like Kirby could have played but didn't, and they wanted to be careful with him. And it looks like he's paying off because he's been playing really, really well. And I mean, his start to the year wasn't outstanding, especially compared to the rest of the offense in the Miami series. But I mean, he's got six home runs in like like fourteen games, I think it is. Oh wow. <laughs> that's I actually have six more runs in 12 games so yeah i want to give i want to give a shout out to kirby because he's, he's definitely putting the work in for sure all right awesome uh is there a let's call him a, a a dark horse that's that's been on the lineup let's say it could be either either hitting or or even pitching Dark horse, mm. dark horse. So someone, someone that's 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 really been 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 killing it lately. But fans haven't really kept an eye on him. You know, is, is, is there is there someone like that on the team? I I don't know if he's really going to fully qualify as a dark horse. I want to give a shout out to Jordan Carrion. The dude's like a true freshman. He's batting two eighty two in seventeen games in the infield with five RBIs. Um, He's pitched 4.2 innings and hasn't allowed a run. In fact, he's allowed two hits. He is, I think, uh, he's the second lowest whip on the team. Oh, wow. So, like, he's outstanding in both areas. And doing that, doing that as a true freshman and where I'm not even 100% convinced Sully really wanted him to be in a big pitching role coming into the season, especially with the way he was talking about him in some uh, postseason press conference or uh, postgame press conferences. I wouldn't say he sounded surprised, but it sounded like whenever carry on came in at first, it was kind of like, yeah, we just like wanted to see what he had and it turned out really good. So uh, carry on has been really good. Uh, Christian Scott's been outstanding. Um, he has three earned runs in 20 innings. In relief, I mean, he pitched his first. He pitched his first like sixteen innings. Of the, no, not sixteen. That's way too high. He pitched his first like fourteen innings of the season without allowing a run. He pitched his first like twelve or so innings of the year without allowing a run. 
Um, he had kind of two rough outings against Jacksonville and Florida State, which I mean, who didn't have a rough outing in Florida State? Um, but he, he, he yeah, he uh, he circled back. He's pitched six innings in SEC play so far, and he's allowed five hits and no runs. He's like, not only does he have like three runs in the, he only has three walks. So like, he's not, he's just like not letting people on base. Period. So he's just kind of quietly been going about business. Uh, Brendan Sprout actually has a lower ERA than I thought he did. Uh, just looking at this, but yeah, I'm trying to like pee on every bush a little bit here. But there are a few guys that have kind of been, kind of been playing like better than I expected. Sprout's definitely one of them. For sure. I, I, I mean, I mean, hey, hearing hearing all this is, sounds sounds like good news because especially after the, to be fair, I only went to to one game so far this season, which was uh, the second game versus the Hurricanes, which was that uh, just pitching entirely your there. fault because you were there. Yeah, it uh, it, it must have been me. I, I must have been the the uh, bad bad luck charm there, uh, because uh, I, ever since then the the extra innings uh, gameplay for the Gators hasn't been. Strong. Have they won a game in extras? Uh, have they? That's that's a great question, Ryan. <laughs> I think they're zero and three in games that go to extra innings. Wow. Well, uh, well hopefully they don't go to extra innings this weekend. They could just come away with the clean sweep over uh, Ole Miss. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, but but uh, I, yeah, that, I guess that, that's another pat- pattern to look out for. Maybe maybe the Gators can can uh, break that can break that other stigma. Um, but with that being said, uh, we can move on to uh, the other reason why I brought on your absolutely great voice, uh, Ryan, is uh, I wanted to talk about this uh, great article uh, that you put out recently about the uh, – Oh, shucks. Uh, oh, shucks, I know. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, uh, about the offensive lineman uh, from Florida Gator, Stuart Reese. Uh, turns out he had an interesting major. And you know what? I actually loved the lead in the story. Um, it, it really, it really caught caught my attention. Um, put him to sleep, and uh, I would just kind of let let you take it from there, and what what that means in both uh, football terms and, and doctors terms. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Stuart Reese is a starting right guard for Florida. He's a graduate student now. This is going to be his sixth year of college football, and uh, he wants to be an anesthesiologist. That's um. He's always wanted to go into the medical field as originally orthopedic surgery. Now it's kind of transitioned into anesthesiology as time constraints get a little harder. And he realized that maybe he didn't want to be the guy holding the knife. He wanted to be near the guy holding the knife. But um, uh, actually, funny story about that lead. I swore to myself the day I pitched this story to Chris, uh, Chris Ortega, our sports editor, I swore to myself the day I pitched it to him that I wasn't going to use a headline that made or a lead that you made some joke around putting someone to sleep. Because when he said that he wanted to be an anesthesiologist in media, I think three different people made that joke. And oh, I wow. swore to myself that I wasn't going to do it and I couldn't come up with anything else. So I'm <laughs> glad that you liked the lead because I tried to make it at least slightly different than uh, the jokes that I heard. I mean, it, 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 just, it just makes sense. I could, when I read that, I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I mean, when I first read it, the first part I thought was like in – the terms of like medical and i was like oh okay this is gonna get really really weird really fast um <laughs> but no it, but it didn't it was actually like really cool uh and and, and i went into it because it's true because you know i mean that you know it's, it's that total football mentality of like oh let's go put a hurt on him 
Um, and then it goes to the total opposite of being in, in the medical side of, of wanting to help. But so I think it's really funny as well that he'd rather be the guy um, almost on the sidelines of, of the surgery and not so much uh, doing the surgery because I totally agree with him. I mean, that's, that's a lot of responsibility on, 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 on the shoulders. But uh, is, there, is there any other reason he, he wanted to go in, into uh, this field? Um, uh, just to tie into that before I get going on this, uh, little, sure. um, tangent, one little thing before I really get into that on that, um, little tangent on explaining that, um, I do think it's actually, I took that in a little bit of a different direction. I thought it kind of tied into the, uh, position he plays in the football field is at right guard. I think that he's kind of playing support a little bit, I guess, as the anesthesiologist kind of setting up and, uh, putting the surgeon in the best possible position to succeed and putting the patient in the best possible position to heal and properly both be able to undergo this procedure and recover from it. And that's kind of what an offensive lineman does is put the offense in the best possible position to make the play they designed. Oh yeah. But um, the transition into that, uh, Stewart's just kind of always been into medical stuff. I mean, just hearing like this, like the anecdotes his parents had about like things he did growing up was just astounding like he would like wake up uh he said he forgot the show judging from a few google searches i'm pretty sure it was a baby story but he used to wake up early in the morning and watch a show on tlc about delivering babies and just like watch it until it went off air and he um wow yeah he used to watch videos of people getting knees replaced while eating which i couldn't watch people getting knees replaced period but like Stuart was just like fine with that so he's always been wow and just Judging from his mom, he was always like consuming information that had to do kind of with the human body and like how people work and like how like doctors and like medical people come into play with that. And I think that's part of why he wanted to go into orthopedic surgery at first, but he's always just kind of been fascinated by this stuff. And then just for extra motivation, his older brother, Brandon's actually an ER nurse. He actually works in Vegas. I think Brandon told me he's close to finishing nurse practitioner school now, but um, Stuart's like, so he was really fascinated by it and then got to watch an older brother of his kind of lead by example and kind of forge a path that he could follow, not necessarily to a T, but just like when he got, he like got to visit the hospital his brother works at and like got to walk around in an ambulance when he did a critical care, care transport. And it's like little things like that where it's like, okay, I can only imagine how much more comfortable that made him feel about trying to pursue something that's honestly kind of scary, like me, like medicine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's healthcare. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's scary for, for, for many different reasons. I mean, just, just the fact that, uh, you know, people's lives are dependent on you and yeah. And I mean, just like, it's just, it's just a tough field to be in, especially nowadays with the pandemic and, and, and all that stuff going on. Um, so yeah, that's really, so, so uh, to go back to the, the anecdotes about him and, you know, consuming, you know, the media just about, about being in that field, about being in, uh, you know, watching these surgeries in between bites at lunchtime, which is very interesting. I, I, I couldn't be able to get, any of my family to watch any, any anything anywhere close to yeah, you know sure. something like that so it's interesting that he just did it like that and then you know on Sundays he's probably watching football 
and then and then that that's what he goes into uh but speaking about that so do you think uh when it comes to his passions do you, do you think there's more of a passion in the football area or more of a passion in that that medical field do you, and do you think that'll affect his career choice when he graduates i mean i'm not a huge not to kind of take you to task for this question. I'm not a huge fan of the, oh, no, does an athlete have an interest outside of their sport? No, yeah. I don't, I don't really think he's more passionate about one area or the other. I think he's just kind of really enjoys doing both. For sure. And I think part of, and part of the thing that stuck out to me that I, um, that I wanted to focus on in that feature is that he doesn't see football and uh, anesthesiology as, like, exclusive. Like he doesn't see us like something he can only do one or the other. Like if he wants to go pro, he's not foregoing anesthesiology. He actually referenced one of my favorite NFL stories of all time, a Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who is a Canadian who earned his PhD while playing for the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl with them playing the offensive line. And then this past year opted out to work in the like the front lines of COVID. And right. he cited that and he was like, look, like if that guy can do it, I can do it. And he's talked to his mom before and his mom expressed to me that he said like, he's going to go to the NFL and he'll work on his classes in the off season. And wow. like, he's, he's, I, I, there was never really, he's just passionate with everything he does. And you can kind of tell that he's not like, he doesn't put half effort into anything and he's not going to put half effort in football and he's not going to put half effort in anesthesiology. So I wouldn't say it's something he's more dedicated to one way or the other or something he has to pick between as much so as it's something he's trying to balance. Right. And I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, there's, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, uh, you know, having two passions at the same time, you know, like it, 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 that's something he wants to do. Cause that story that they, they mentioned earlier about the offensive lineman from the chiefs and, and opting out and going and going and working in the, in the fields of COVID-19 is, such an amazing story and it's so brave and it's also uh, almost the same i mean not not almost the same but it's it's along the lines of uh i can't remember his name but the other nfl player who actually opted out of another separate season like a really long time ago i think in the 90s or early 2000s who went to join the military um and then actually oh, um pat tillman yeah pat tillman that's his name thank you um and then he actually he actually passed away over in overseas so there's a, there's a lot to that Pat 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 Tillman story. We don't need to we don't need to get into that in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's uh, there, there's there's a lot more details in in in, in that, but it, it's just another example of of you know uh, two passions and, and one of them being football, one of them being something kind of totally different, but maybe in a way not not so much different in, in terms of teamwork and uh, and and you know studying and uh, you know in in all that stuff. Um, but yeah, but, but Ryan, this story was, was really good. I, I, I actually read, read the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, but Hey man, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Uh, for having uh me. Again. I'll, I'll, yeah, of course. Um, I'm, I'm always, I'm always down to have you or, or, or SK or, or, or even Griffin on so, so we can all have a, a huge mega baseball talk. Uh, that, that, that would be a fantastic time. <laughs> but um but hey man i will uh let you go into this great night um too bad uh the 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 baseball game tonight got canceled versus mercer but well judging by the weather i don't think it's unfortunate that the thing would have been bad to play baseball tonight 
But yeah, that's that's fair. It was raining pretty freaking hard in mm-hmm. in, in a Gainesville Tuesday night. Uh, I will say. Um, but with that being said, Ryan, you be safe. Uh, wash your hands. Wear your mask. You know, keep yes, the same. All that, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, all right, man. Uh, you have a great, great night, and we will take you back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show, and with that transition, we'll go right into this one, which is going to be our weekly preview for everything Florida Gator Athletics happening within the next seven days. All right, so let's begin the weekly preview with Florida Gator Baseball. They stand at 16-8, and eight, and they will be starting a three-game series versus the Ole Miss Rebels on Thursday, beginning at 8 p.m. Uh, that will be in Gainesville, Florida, at the new Florida Ballpark, and those games will go on until Saturday. The Friday game will begin at 6.30, and the Saturday game w- will begin at 1 p.m. on April 3rd. And then as for softball, they will be traveling to Jacksonville tonight to begin their game at 6 p.m., followed by a three-game series against Georgia in Athens starting Saturday at 8, and it will be played on through Monday. As for lacrosse, they will be having two games in Gainesville, Florida, uh, versus East Carolina, and one game will be on Thursday at 4 p.m., and then the other game will be on Saturday at 11. And then as for tennis, they will be hosting Vanderbilt on Friday at noon, and then they will also host Kentucky on Sunday at 4 p.m. As for the women, they will be hosting Kentucky on Thursday at 5, and then traveling to South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks on Saturday afternoon. All right, and with that, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining the show today. I hope you had a great time listening as much as I had a good time making it for you guys. Make sure to tune in next week for the new episode of the Alligator Sports Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Alligator Sports, and we even have a Reddit page, underscore Alligator Sports, and you can also find us on Facebook uh, at The Independent Alligator uh, on Facebook as well. And that'll do it for me. I've been your host. My name is Jesse Richardson, and hopefully we'll see you back here again next week. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and thank you very much to Anchor.fm for distributing our podcast. And with that being said, thank you guys again, and be safe, wash your hands, keep your distance, and all that good stuff. Have a good one. Have a good one, everybody.